On this episode of This is Game Boy Light, we are holding a lit block party. Welcome back to a brand new episode of This is a Game Boy Light with only me, Mule. So, um, if you've heard the previous episodes, which one was that again? The Fortified Zone series, right? Um, you may have heard us say that we are recording these episodes like, <laughs> like literally after each other. Um, just been a day since we've recorded the Fortified Zone, but it's been, of course, two weeks since uh, you've uh, been able to hear that episode. Um, but yeah, we're just trying to not rush things out, but we're trying to pre-record a lot of stuff because it is the holiday season and uh, we will have a lot less time to actually get together and record these. Um, even though this is a solo one, of course, but it's also to give our producer Alex a little bit of a break uh, so she doesn't have to work on these during the holidays. So yeah, it's only me this time around with a very short episode actually. Um, I'm even giving all of you listeners a break because our last one was a little bit longer again than usual, but we did do two games of course. Uh, but this one is going to be like a real quick one um, that you can listen to. Uh, well, in like half an hour, probably something like that. Um, as I just mentioned, all of the games I had been playing in the previous recording for us, um, I can't really add anything to that because it's literally the next day and I haven't played anything in between these episodes. Um, so I'll just go over the things I have been reading, actually for the past month, I would say. Um, when it comes to comics, I have finished the Usagi Yojimbo uh, saga, book one and two. Um, those collect like a lot of the comics, the issues from volume two and volume three of Usagi Yojimbo. Um, and apparently they're reprinting all of these so I can like keep up with them easily. Um, I'm ju I'll just pre-order them and keep on uh, keep on reading them further and further but I'm really loving them especially the second book had a lot of great arcs and stories in them that I absolutely enjoyed um, and if you're into like Japanese culture and <coughs> I guess like animal characters even though they don't feel like animal characters um, definitely check those out um, sadly it starts at volume two and getting volume one in a collection is uh, horrible um, Going back to my rant from last time, where it's hard to, to find uh, some comics. Uh, those were printed by a different uh, publisher and they're out of print and they're super expensive. So sadly, you won't see the start of the, uh, the, the entire story, but uh, hopefully one day they will reprint those as well. And and then you can go grab them. Um, so I also mentioned that I was reading Spider-Man. I've only been able to read one uh, book so far, I guess, uh, which is Spider-Man Learning to Crawl, uh, which uh, collects issues 
1.5. I don't know if Marvel is still doing that, but uh, at least back then they were releasing they were releasing a lot of like point one books, which were little side stories or different takes on things. Uh, like next to the normal main line of comics um, and this one collects those five and it's actually um, a story that takes place at the very start of the entire spider-man story so when uh, when peter just got his uh, powers um, it adds a little bit more to it it, it deals a little bit more with uh, the death of uh, of ben and uh yeah, it's, it, it introduces a new character that you will never see again after this. Uh, but it's a nice addition to like those early issues of Spider-Man. Um, the only weird thing is that it references like Amazing Spider-Man 1 through 5, I believe, or something like that. And if you haven't read those, um, those uh, <laughs> cameos, I guess you can call them that they reference to might sound, uh, might look weird, but yeah, I've read them also, so I could place it at least. Uh, but it's a fun read, it's like 120 pages or something. It's drawn in the style of those 60s comics, uh, and I, I had a lot of fun reading it. Um, I do read other stuff, I don't only read comics. Um, I'm a big Stephen King fan, maybe I've mentioned that before. Um, and I've just finished up Misery, and I'm currently reading The Stand, which is a really big one, it's like 1,200 pages, I believe. Um, I am reading them in English. Um, it, it depends on what I can grab the cheapest, usually. Uh, but The Stand, I wanted to read in English. Uh, always loved the 90s miniseries. Uh, the new one is alright, but not as great. Uh, but, I, but I did enjoy it. So now I'm actually reading the book, and it's amazing. Um, and it's a... Well, depending on how you deal with the, like, the situation with the pandemic and things like that, it's a good book to read now. Uh, because it also deals with a pandemic. That's not a spoiler. That's literally what what the book is about. So um, yeah, it's nice to read that and seeing a different outcome than what we are uh, getting with, with the pandemic we are actually uh, going through. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, about it. Um, so let's just dive into this week's episode. I always say this week's episode. Uh, just this episode, that's what I should say. Um, and I'm going to be talking about a little, probably unknown game called Megalith. Enjoy the music. Welcome back, everybody. Let's dive into the episode, uh, the game of this episode, which is Megalith, as I mentioned before. So Megalith got a release in Japan uh, in September or August. Um, I sometimes don't know which is the day and which is the month when it comes to these dates, but it's either those uh, in 1991 and it got a very late release in the US and in the EU uh, around December 1992. So almost a year and a half after uh, the game originally came out in Japan, which is weird. We don't see that very often. Um, and I do wonder why that was the case 
for this game, but I couldn't find any information about it. Um, it was developed by, and I don't know if you pronounce this correctly, uh, ASCII Entertainment, so A-S-C-Y-Y, you know, like the ASCII art and things like that. So um, yeah, this was developed by ASCII Entertainment, also known as ASCII Corporation, also known as uh, ASCII Media Works. They had a lot of names. They're all like the same company, but uh, like, how do you call this? Subsidiaries or something from the same company. Uh, but yeah, those are the people who made it. Um, they did quite, quite, quite a lot for sure. Um, but they're mostly known for actually making the MSX uh, computer. Um, but they did a lot of games for sure. I'll just look at the list here and pick out some that, that stand out to me at least, which are not that many, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Uh, I see a Bomberman game. I see quite a few Wizardry games. Um, some Mahjong titles, uh, apparently Smash TV, uh, weirdly enough, um, yeah, Ishido, The Way of Stones, that one reminds me of something, I think that's also like a Shanghai uh, kind of game, now that I think about it, a Mahjong tile. Uh, base game. Uh, so yeah, for Game Boy itself, it didn't really do that much, but yeah, they're, they're mostly known for their work on the MSX uh, computer. Uh, the game was published by Takara, uh, and Takara is basically a Japanese LJM. Um, they were a to toy company, and after a while they just uh, decided, hey, let's release some games for uh, many systems. Um, I'm looking at at the list, and there's, there's quite a few good ones, like, unlike LGN, these are uh, definitely good ones. I see, like, uh, Battle Arena Toshinden games, King of Fighter games, Earthworm Jim, uh, World Heroes 2 Jet, that's also, like, a King of Fighter-style game, Joe and Mac Caveman Ninja, um, and the latest I can see is 1945 1 and 2D arcade games that they re-released, apparently. Uh, but, yeah, they show up a lot especially on Game Boy with with a lot of titles that they just published um, but yeah they're they're just a toy company hey everybody this is uh, Mule from the future um, so I'm, I'm recording this a little bit later than uh, <laughs> the actual episode. So I just talked about uh, the developer of this game being uh, ASCII Entertainment. Uh, that's not entirely true, actually. Um, I did find out that this game was actually made by ASMIC Entertainment and ASCII Entertainment later on. Uh, like a year later, like I said, with, with the release date, they brought it to the Western audiences. So they did a few changes, probably just translating things here and there. Uh, but the game was actually first made by ASMIC. Um, and ASMIC um, was known as ASMIC Ace Entertainment, I believe. Uh, nowadays they are, they are called uh, just ASMIC Ace Inc. and they're uh, mostly concentrating actually on Japanese film production and 
distribution. But uh, back in the early days, they did have a department that focused on video games. Um, and you might have seen a few of these, actually. Um, I'll, I'll just go over a few of them. Um, the most well-known is probably Boomer in Asmic World or Asmicoon Land or Asmicoon World, as it's uh, called in Japanese. Um, and Boomer is basically the mascot of Asmic. Um, if you look at the logo, that they had back then it always featured uh boomer which is like a pink dinosaur kind of thing uh but yeah they they made quite a few puzzle games so this one falls right into their uh into their base category for games like uh they also have um for example cat trap on game boy um i think we mentioned that one a few times already uh let's see what else they have here uh, yeah, these are these are mostly games that only came out in Japan, uh, like the the Lupin series. Uh, I see some form of ports for Shinobi. Um, what else do I see here? Um, I saw some, one, and now I already forget what it was. Um, but yeah, they're, they're mostly known for their uh, puzzle games and, and ports of various other games. So uh, just wanted to, um, yeah, say this paste is in in between the episode uh, because I made a little mistake there uh, and I wanted to rectify that. So there you go. Uh, the composer for Megalith is sadly unknown. Uh, I did my best to try and find it but I couldn't find anything. So I assume it's just somebody from the uh, ASCII entertainment company that did the music sadly no credit because this game does have some banger tracks to it um, especially the main team that plays through every stage basically uh, is, a, is a well written song and uh, it, it doesn't work on your nerves like with some puzzle games after a while it starts working on your nerves hearing the same uh, song over and over again but it doesn't for this one so um yeah, uh, Megalith is probably something you haven't heard of before, but it is a puzzle game. Um, and I can hear you say, wow, is uh, Mullet talking about a puzzle game? That's weird, because he sucks at them. Uh, true, I do suck at them, um, but this one stood out for me, so I wanted to take a closer look at it and explain what it is, and hopefully uh, some other people will enjoy playing it after listening to this episode. Um, there were a bunch of people who came to my stream when I was playing it and were like, oh, this actually looks interesting. Uh, I want to play it myself. So I thought, yeah, I mean, I'll do an episode on it. So the word gets out. Um, for being a puzzle game, this does have a plot, weirdly enough, so uh, let's go over the plot here real quick. Um, this comes from the back cover of the, uh, of the box, uh, because we do not have a manual. Um, again, if you do have a manual, which we don't have in our manual database, I think it's just gbmanuals.com, um, and if you have the ability to scan set manual uh, please do and submit it to the website so we can add it um, it helps out a bunch of people people and ourselves for making these episodes and just for for playing through the games uh, but yeah here's the plot from the back cover a wicked witch named doc that's d-a-h 
HK, Doc, like dark, but with an H, uh, wants to rule the world with the power of her magic jewels. She has abducted all the princesses, elves and fairies who have magic jewels from their castle and has cast a megalith spell on them. One brave hero comes to the rescue, but he also is cast under the Wicked Witch's spell and is turned into a statue of stone. In order to save the captured princesses and to break his own spell, the brave hero must solve Megalith's puzzle. Restore peace to the kingdom by helping our hero solve the puzzle. So yeah, that's it. Simple enough. Wicked Witch turns everybody into blocks, basically. Big blocks. A Megalith is, is like a huge stone block um, and she turns the hero who's unnamed into a pebble basically <laughs> kind of like that uh so yeah that, that's uh that's what this game story is about but of course the story isn't very important when it comes to a puzzle game um so let's dive into the gameplay of it uh controls are super simple the d-pad moves you around the a button allows uh, your rock guy to jump uh, only three blocks high can jump higher than that and with the b button you can grab blocks and move them around uh, you don't have to hold the b button you just have to press it and your character sprite turns into a different color or that block now I don't remember, uh, which means you are grabbing it and you can pull it around and you have to press B again to let go of it. So how does Megalith actually work? Um, you get a basically half tile grid based stages. Um, it's a front view, so you can only move left to right and, and jump upwards. And each stage has a bunch of Megaliths. Uh, spread throughout them and your goal is to get all horizontal and vertical blocks on the bottom floor of the stage so uh, there can be one on top of another they all have to touch the bottom of the stage um, the blocks themselves can't drop more than one level down because otherwise they would break uh, so that means that you have to Make sure that you pull or push the right uh, blocks around so that they fall down one level onto another block or onto the floor or even create some kind of stair situation where you can push a block off that would be on a higher level. You can do that a lot by uh, making those half tiles uh, count actually because you can like half push a block underneath one so that it's still holding it meanwhile you can push another block on the other side under it and then you can make like kind of a, a staircase or something like that to push other blocks downwards um if a block falls on top of you you will get squished and you will have to restart the stage um, and because this game is so grid based and block based there are actually multiple solutions to the puzzles like um, my suggestion is when playing this game, don't think you're stuck quite yet uh, the moment you see that you've done something wrong because there might be another way uh, to save yourself from uh, failing the stage. Uh, but I think that makes it clear what the game is about. Push and pull blocks around, jump over them, yada yada yada, until you can push or pull them all down to the bottom floor. Um, the game actually offers two modes. Uh, easy mode is the first one, which is kind of 
a, a tutorial, but I would say only for the first two worlds, um, because then it shows you what to do, and in between stages, it gives you little tips and tricks uh, to progress through the stages. But after a while, uh, you can't keep on doing a tutorial for something as simplistic as this, so the uh, stages will get harder and harder. Uh, going through each world. Uh, but easy mode has six worlds, each with five stages, and you get a password for beating every world. So every five stages you will get a password. And after beating all of the 30 initial quote-unquote easy mode slash tutorial levels, you will get a message saying that uh, congratulations, but now you have to beat quest mode. Uh, quest mode is basically the story mode of this game. Um, it's set up the same way as easy mode was. It has six worlds, each with five stages, and I wouldn't say of increasing difficulty, uh, but it does require you to have played the easy mode to understand the hidden mechanics, uh, well, the hidden tricks uh, to progress through stages. Uh, but yeah, it, it varies when it comes to difficulty between the puzzles. Like world one and two are the easiest, but when it comes to stages between world three through six, I would say some are super easy to solve and others would be harder to solve. Um, there is of course something that uh, is different between quest mode and easy mode, besides being different stages of course, but suddenly you have a timer for each and every puzzle or each and every stage. Um, easy mode does not have a timer. You can take as long as you want to solve the puzzles. Um, luckily, these timers are very generous. Um, they range between six minutes to 12 minutes. That is more than enough to solve a puzzle. And even then, if you would fail, of course, you can always redo it. But there is another catch to quest mode, and this is something that I wish no puzzle game ever would do. Uh, suddenly, you actually have four lives that you can use for each world, and every time you fail, you will lose a life. Uh, this actually kind of breaks the game for me a little bit, even though I, I still really love it. I think the puzzles are great and things like that. Um, but having lives in a puzzle game is not a good idea at all. Um, you have to consider that some people, aka me, are just not good at puzzle games and will have a harder time getting through stages than, than people who are more savvy when it comes to puzzles. Um, and only providing, again, a password for each five stages you beat or each world you beat makes this a little bit more annoying than it should be. Um, the biggest problem for me when playing this game basically is that I get to the fifth stage and then I lose all my lives or something like that, which means I have to go back and resolve all the puzzles that came before it. Um, this is, in my opinion, definitely not a good mechanic for a puzzle game and I will never like it. Luckily, this game is easy enough for me to understand, uh, but I still hate it having to redo puzzles the entire time. So, um, so yeah, depending if you're good or not so good at puzzle games, uh, like me, who's not that, that good at puzzle games, you might have a hard time getting through five stages each time. Uh, but yeah, uh, 
that's just how this game works, sadly. Um, luckily, most people can remember how they solved the previous puzzle. <laughs> I sadly could not, so I just uh, eventually start, started using a guide to get through the stages I've already done, basically. Um, to get back to the point where I was before. Um, but yeah, each of these puzzles can take you, depending on how many things you have to move around here and there, can take up from two minutes to 10 minutes each, um, meaning there are 60 stages in this game. So you can do the math as to how long this game might take you. Uh, if you don't know the solutions. Uh, but yeah, that's basically all that Megalith has to offer. It's 60 puzzles that you have to solve, which is a very low number for Game Boy puzzle games. Another reason why I really actually enjoyed this game. It's not like 150 stages. Um, but yeah, keep in mind that there is a timer, which is generous, and there are lives that can set you back a few stages. All right. So let's take a look at the cover, because looking at the cover of this game, you would not expect a puzzle game at all, and especially not the graphics you would get for this game at all. So both Japanese and uh, Western release covers are basically the same drawing. I think they recolored some of it a little bit here and there. Uh, but the cover uh, consists of a wizard in the background, basically throwing monoliths at a warrior in the foreground. Um, I don't know where this wizard comes from because like they said, it's a witch, but maybe that's just the translation that they thought it was a witch. Because you never really see, um, well, there are cutscenes, but you just see a roped character, but he or she does not have any uh, features around the face so it could be both maybe it was supposed to be a wizard but they changed it to a witch in in the back of the cover i guess uh but yeah that's basically all you see like you see the wizard in the back uh, throwing rocks from the sky he has like this ominous presence that he's covering the entire world you have the warrior warrior uh from the backside at the bottom of the cover um like shooting electricity at one of the megaliths uh trying to uh, throw it back at the wizard, I would say. So it's a very fantasy-like thing. You would expect this to be a more uh, Western RPG, basically, like something indeed like wizardry or... Uh, I never play these games, so I don't know that many of them. But like, either a dungeon crawler or, or like... A, yeah, like some Western RPG, uh, but then you get presented with a very cutesy character puzzle game, so that's really weird. Uh, I do like the cover, but it wouldn't speak to me immediately. I would definitely check out the back to see more, but then you immediately see what you're gonna get, and then you're like, wow, they put so much effort into this cover for a puzzle game that is that is very strange. But uh, it's, it's a nice cover, at least. But yeah. And that's about it for the cover. Um, I do not have any trivia for this game. I did not find any reviews for this game even. So we can we can basically skip over that part. Um, so my thoughts and history with the game. I didn't know it until I started playing it for Portable Pleasure. Uh, but I immediately fell in love with it. Especially during easy mode. Because I was like, oh, these are fun puzzles to solve. They give me plenty of time. There are no lies. 
there are passwords. That's very pleasant. And I was surprised. I think it took me like two hours to beat easy mode or something like that. So I was like, oh, this is cool. But what is this quest mode? And then it hit me that it had a timer and lives. And I wasn't very happy about that uh, immediately. But again, these puzzles are simple enough even for me to eventually be able to solve them. Um, so it took me another six or seven hours to uh, beat the rest of the game. But again, I had to replay a lot of levels a lot of the times because uh, I game over in a later stage and, and just didn't have a password. Uh, but yeah, for when it comes to puzzle games for Game Boy, this is definitely one of my favorites. Uh, just because of the simplicity of uh, the presentation and the mechanics. And it is just a lot of fun to play uh, even with the lives and the timer added to it. So I can highly recommend this one if you're looking for a shorter puzzle game, uh, at least. Um, if you things like Picross and Boxel and uh, what was the other one uh, that took me so long, like Adventures of Lolo, uh, their presentation might be a little bit better, um, but this is a short and sweet puzzle game that everybody can enjoy. Um, so yeah, there we go. Um, there are speedruns of this game, actually, but only for easy mode at this moment, uh, which is weird to me. Well, I understand that is the shortest part of the game for sure, uh, but it is all about basically learning the puzzles by heart, so there could be a run for quest mode as well, and I'm pretty sure people who know what they're doing can, can easily do it in like... I would say like an hour maybe. Uh, well, maybe not because easy mode is just like 47 minutes. Uh, maybe an hour and a half then. Like uh, I would say it's it's twice as long. Um, but yeah, once you know the puzzles, it's like easy to remember. Not for me, but <laughs> for most people, it's easy to remember them. So um, yeah, if you're interested in speedrunning this game after you've played it, there's another free world record you can get if you're really into it. So yeah, that's about all I can say about Megalith. Like, there, there's really not that much to talk about because it is a puzzle game and I can't really say much more of it. So let's take another quick break here to listen to one of the other songs from this game and then I will say my goodbyes for this episode. See you soon. And we are back, yes. So, yeah, that was Megalith. And that was also the final episode for this year, uh, normally. Uh, yeah, normally this will be the final episode of December, the second one. And the last one for 2021. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to keep it short. For not only us, but for everybody. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed another uh, half a year of This Is Game Boy. And uh, we will definitely 
see you back or you will hear us back in 2022. Um, so EBC is not here like usual and I don't go over the community events, but like uh, at the end of December or the start of January, there will of course be, is it SGDQ? No, that's summer game, AGDQ. Um, and as we mentioned in the previous episode, there will be only one Game Boy game, which is Ultra Man Ball. Game we haven't talked about yet. Maybe we should do that in the future. Uh, but it's going to be run by Gygus Blues, who is a great person. So you should definitely check out that run if you have a chance. It's only like 10 minutes, so uh, make sure you're there because it's over if you blink. No, <laughs> um, we didn't have any listener questions for this episode either because probably nobody even knows that this game exists, but now you do, so you are welcome. So, yeah, like always, if you have any thoughts and suggestions, you could always reach out to us by uh, commenting on the episodes themselves on SoundCloud, by contacting Protecting us through our social medias or our Twitch channels. Or you can always, of course, join our Discord where you can talk to us kind of live if we are available at that moment. If you are wanting to talk to me uh, personally, you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube and Instagram all under slash Moole. That's uh, M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H. You can find my co-host Bloody Candy on uh, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, uh, also Instagram and TikTok, all under eBloodyCandy. And you can find our amazing producer Lex over at Twitch as SprintingLex, uh, on Twitter as SprintingLex, on YouTube as Lex, and also on her own website, SprintingLegs.com, where, as I mentioned before, we still have the Game Boy database, the Game Boy manual database, and things like that. Um, and you can find all the other projects she's doing on there as well. Uh, if you want an easier time to finding us, just go to our website, of course. This is GameBoy.com, where you can find a little... Uh, biography of each of us and some nice uh, images you can click that will take you to whatever channel you need or whatever social media site you need and then you can follow us through there or reach out to us through there which is easier and it of course also has a link to our discord that you are very very welcome to join if you want to. Um, besides that you can support us in many different ways. The cheapest one is by listening to us and by rating the episodes or liking the episodes on whatever platform you're listening. Um, you can also join us on our YouTube channel where you can listen to these episodes while also having some gameplay in the background if you're interested in that. Um, it's a lot easier to see what we're talking about that way for sure. Uh, but that, that's definitely the way to go. And once we've reached 100 uh, subscribers, I believe, we can actually take that this is Game Boy URL we're after. So please subscribe to us on YouTube for sure. Again, you can find a link to our channel on our website, thisisgameboy.com. Um, if you want to support us with some money though, there's also ways to do that. Uh, we have a Patreon where you can, for the low price of $1 a month, become a patron. And that will give you access to not only our episode notes, but also some hidden channels on our Discord. And uh, 
since uh, a month or two, you also get early access to the Let's Play that me and EBC are doing called Hunt, Haunt Hunters, uh, which is us playing through some horror-inspired games. Um, at this point, I think... Yomowari is in early access available for Patreon, um, but uh, after a while they get released to the entire public, um, and so far we have God's Basement and Silent Hill Origins out for the public to view. Um, if you want to talk about Haunt Hunters, you can also do that on our Discord as well, like uh, if you have any thoughts and suggestions for that channel. Um, besides Patreon, which is a monthly subscription-based thing, we also have a one-time donation thing going through our paypal.me um, link, which you, again, can find on our website. So if you just want to support us one time, you can definitely do that through PayPal. And if you want uh, the same benefits on Discord as our patrons, uh, just make sure to mention your name or like contact us on our Discord and then we can set that up because there's no integration on PayPal for stuff like that. But uh, we do want to give you some benefits as well for supporting us. Um, if you actually want something physical in return for supporting us, there's a, there's a third way. Um, we actually have a store which you can access through merch.thisisgameboy.com. And yes, I actually put a link on the website eventually. Uh, you can find that at the top of the page. Um, that will take you straight through there. And for now, we have two things for sale. We have a nice mug with our logo on it. And we have a t-shirt available in three colors. Uh, dark green, I guess I would say, dark gray and light gray uh, with our logo on it. You can uh, buy one through our shop and they're really high quality shirts. Um, like I've had a few not from This Is Game Boy, but like other ones, but I also have a This Is Game Boy one, of course, and they have been washed multiple times. Don't see any degradation from the print and I also don't see any shirt degradation, like it's losing its color or things like that. Um, so yeah, you can grab one of those on our merch store. And don't worry, it doesn't matter where you're from, uh, US or EU. Um, they have, ac they actually have like a uh, factory where they print them in uh, different, uh, what's continents there we go that's the word i was looking for so it will always be shipped from close by so you won't have to pay for import taxes or customs or things like that um but yeah those are the ways to uh to to support us so um yeah that's i guess it i think i've mentioned everything uh always a lovely scripted <laughs> outro that we do here uh so yeah that's it for me um again final episode of this year so everybody enjoyed the holidays if, if it's christmas uh hanukkah or kwanzaa or nothing at all and have a happy 
New Year, uh, unless you're Japanese, because then you're celebrating it a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, enjoy the holidays, spend some time with family and friends, uh, eat way too much and then be sad that you have to lose weight in the first month of 2022. Um, and drink moderately or just go all out crazy as long as you don't have to drive home yourself. But yeah, we'll uh, catch you next year. We will be back with an episode on Metroid 2, which I'm gonna love and EBC is gonna hate. See you then. I did it! Yay!